Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 18, the second paragraph, we hope this begins, we hope this volume. Um, and today's readers are Beth W. for the 12 Steps, Patricia C. for the 12 Traditions, our readers, Katie G., Crystal P., Reva P., the newcomer greeter is Vinny T., and our host for the second hour is Nancy P. The uh, reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, November 17th, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 15,799. That's 15799. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that share ID is 15,800. That's 15800. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food. Their lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. Thank you, Beth W. 
And Patricia C., will you please read the 12 traditions? Patricia C., compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Thank you for letting me serve uh, the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as we may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. We, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Its problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from their primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Patricia C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. In the chapter, there is a solution on page 18. The second paragraph beginning, we hope this volume and reading, um, reading that one paragraph and sharing on that paragraph. And I'll now ask Katie G to please get us started. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are or who may be affected. There are many. You know, the, the previous paragraph uses the word engulf, which means overwhelm, drown, delude, and inundate. And I really thought in my selfishness that eating throughout my life only affected me, right? Like I, I got fat, I got thin, um, I lost my teeth, I lost my menses, like that was damage to me. And I didn't realize 
the impact that I had on other people when I was eating, watching me eat, watching me starve. You know, I'm a parent now. I can't imagine the horror that I put my parents through, not knowing how much I'm going to weigh, not knowing um, if I was coming or going. Um, and I and I think it's real critical for me to take ownership of the damage I did when I was active in my addiction. But I'm missing the point if I if I if I am not informed and comforted by this book, right? To to think that the only damage I did was when I was in the food. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been in the rooms for 16 years, and when I was dry, I got fired from the same job title four different times. I was a manager, and I micromanaged these women and myself right out the door. I did not know how to have human relationships because I spent my whole time in the food, right? And and the um and um I lost so I and the damage that I did in program. I, my first um, time that I went through the steps over 10 years ago, majority of my amend work was with former sponsors who I expected to save me, who I expected to look the other way and help me if I was eating, right? This is a really bad disease, and there are so many who are affected. And I, it is so important for me to recognize the engulfment that I have around other people my inability to know how to talk to people, to, to have appropriate conversations, to not, you know, just shove someone into my body or throw up on them, right? That's not the job. And thank you, God, this book has informed and comforted me. Um, and I can't say that I know beyond my peeps in here the people that have been informed and comforted like in my direct circle, but what I can say is that please, God, let me inform and com be informing and comforting others because of the knowledge I have, right? So what I mean is like I have an allergy to the body and an obsession of the mind, and I have an illness, and this book babysits me 24 hours a day. Why? Because if I don't, if I don't stay in fit spiritual condition, I will do a lot of damage. A more important demonstration is in my home, occupation, and affairs. What kind of woman am I being today? So let me be informed and let me be comforted. Thank you, God. The worst part of this illness is not just that I'm, that I'm doing the behavior. It's that I feel so alone. So if you feel alone right now, I'll wrap up with this, Lisa. If you feel alone right now, you're done. Welcome. You are not alone. We are, we are people who use food and we are people who are, are selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and afraid to the core. And the most important thing you hear is you don't have to suffer anymore. Not in the food and not in your ability or disability to live life. Welcome home. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So who would like to share on what was read? Lisa B. Sarah R. Sarah, what's that? Lee from the U.K. Oh, somebody from the U.K. I didn't get that. Lee. Sarah R. from Brooklyn. Um, Teresa from P. <laughs> Teresa P. Okay, let me back up. So I have Lisa B. and Sarah R. Who is it from the UK? Claire E. Claire, thank you. And who is it from Brooklyn? Maybe I just heard that wrong. Beth W. from North Dakota. Okay. All right, so this is what I have. You can let me know if I missed somebody. Lisa B., 
Sarah R, Claire E, Teresa P, and Beth W. Was there somebody else I missed? Okay, that is a great lineup. Um, Lisa B, please go ahead. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and welcome to everyone, and hello. I'm glad to be here with everybody. Um, I love this line. It says, we hope this volume will inform and comfort those. So I, I am so grateful for the information in this text because I've been armed with the facts about myself. And, you know, that's a quote from the big book. I love quoting the big book. I love what this big book has taught me. But I needed someone to go through the book with me. And, and that's really what I wanted to share today. You know, my experience, strength, and hope of how I've utilized this volume. I've tried reading it countless times on my own. And um, I especially love the stories in the back of the book because those I'm able to see the story. You know, I can understand the story. But the book builds on itself. And it was so important that I understand, even starting with the title page, that there is a promise there that um, this is a program that people can get recovered, you know, and it's how it's explaining how people get recovered. And starting with the title pages, the preface, I love the history of this program. It's a miraculous story. It's a wonderful story of how the program came into being. And learning the history gives me enthusiasm. I love getting enthusiasm from the story because the same miracle that happened for this program coming together can happen inside of me. Like my life can be a microcosm of AA, of OA, and of this big book. It can happen inside of me. And I needed someone that has a working knowledge of this book and what happened to them by utilizing this book could explain to me what some of the words, for example, moral inventory. Like when someone shared with me moral back then, that word moral means truthful. Well, my goodness, that just opened up, (laughs) helped me understand. There's so many things just about the way that the words were used back then, someone explaining to them. But there's a reason why we share experience, strength, and hope rather than opinions and speculation. It keeps me focused on the solution, on what the recovery program is. And that's why I love staying in this book. It gives me so much comfort because if it's happened for countless people, it can happen for me. And I just wanted to share that. And also the podcast, the special editions that we're blessed with on this website, listening to the um, podcast on the chapters, you know, that break down each chapter and help me understand more and more. And taking fellows through the big book, I become more and more armed with facts about myself. It's an unending process that never ends, but enthusiasm, understanding, awareness, hope, all of that has just helped me so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. And Sarah R., you're up, followed by Claire E. Good morning. Are you able to hear me? I am. Go ahead. All right. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for allowing me to share today. Um, You know, it's funny. This was a very short reading, and I was like, what could we possibly have a meeting on, you know, about such a short paragraph? And then, you know, it clicked bringing comfort to others. And, you know, it's so funny. Yesterday's meeting was all about, you know, how we thought we're we're hurting 
we're just hurting ourselves. And now bringing it back to here, comforting others. When I am outside of my integrity of the abstinence of food, I'm a monster. And it's funny because even within the integrity of being abstinent, if let's say I haven't slept enough or I haven't eaten in enough time, I am, I do not, I am the exact opposite. Like I'm the angel of death. I bring miscomfort to like everybody in sight. I'm like a hurricane that that's twisting and you know, this, this beauty of being in this program of being accountable to others. And instead of being, you know, like hurricane Katrina to everyone around me, I'm instead of being able to, 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 I could, my higher power allows me to be a person of service, a person, instead of engulfing them, I could bring comfort to them, to, to my sponsees, or if I give service to other people, or even people outside of the program. I have the opportunity to be a human being who has a heart that beats for others and not just for my own self and not just getting resentful on everything that anybody does to me. I, I could be of service to others. And, you know, it, it, takes, it takes being outside of this Hurricane Sarah to realize exactly how, how, how I've acted. And, you know, not for a while when I entered program, it was always with remorse or with, you know, self-pitying. But now I look at it as, you know, my experience, strength, and hope that I, I've always heard those terms that I could bring to others. And, you know, it's okay because I did what I felt was necessary. And now I could just, I could just reach out to people in program. I could reach out to my higher power. And, you know, and I, I could be of comfort to other people, you know, especially people who work for me or people who have to do things for me. It used to always be my way. Like there was no such thing. And even if they were doing things my way, I would micromanage them and even, and nothing they did could ever be good enough. Nobody could satisfy me. And I remember saying, oh, this person's so difficult to deal with. This person is so difficult to deal with. But, you know, I spotted, I got it. I, Sarah R. from New York, are, I'm super difficult, but I don't, I don't have to be, you know, I, I, I have this book. And thank you so much for everyone for allowing me to, to not be that person. And with that, I pass and I wish you all a beautiful day. Thank you, Sarah R. And Claire E., you're up, followed by Teresa P. Can you tell me the page, Ruan, please? Uh, yes, we are on page 18, the second paragraph, just that one paragraph, we hope. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. My name is E. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in the UK. Um, I was a bit like the previous speaker. I was thinking, how are we going to get a whole meeting from one line, basically? And um, already I'm just bursting with things that, you know, that people have said. Um, the inform and comfort. So inform, information. You know, this book provides me with the information I need about my disease, about what I suffer from, about what it's not, about how to get well, 
about how to do those steps and and what the results should be and and you know I can use that information and I use that on a daily basis and that does provide me comfort and it's <laughs> it makes me that word comfort reminds me of the bit in the doctor's opinion where it says we're you know, seeking ease and comfort from food you know and that's what I was just doing a little bit of thinking while I was waiting to share about what, what is comfort what is ease and comfort and it's just that sort of feeling for me anyway of, of um just that sort of I think Harlan describes it as being ah you know, just being right in my own skin. And I used to get that from food. Um, and then food boomeranged and food just destroyed me. Um, and, you know, food did not provide me with comfort beyond that first eight seconds. It's the most rubbish drug in the world. It really was. It, it, it did the job for about, about, about the first minute or two. And then all it did was make me feel absolutely in pain towards the end, especially. Whereas this book, you know, there is comfort in it. There's real comfort in reading certain familiar paragraphs and things that I've forgotten. And I needed to hear the acceptance chapter, the bit that we read out at the end on this meeting. This meeting provides me with comfort. I hear familiar voices. I hear people sharing. I hear the solution. And it makes me feel comfortable. It doesn't change my external circumstances of my life at all, but it makes me feel comfortable within it. Um, from a place of discomfort, I moved to comfort with this program and with this book. Um, those who are or may be affected, and then just that sentence at the end as well, there are many. And you know what? I I am never ceasing to be surprised at just how many people suffer from this illness. You know, I see it daily. Um, and I'm so grateful because, you know, the numbers aren't great. You know, we are in the minority here getting well. And um, I'm so grateful for the information and comfort that I have with this program and that I found it because there's a lot of people out there who haven't there's work to be done and um, you know a lot of people who aren't interested in our solution a lot of people whose disease really has been so much denial that probably will never get the solution so I'm just very very grateful I have the information and comfort that comes with being a part of this group and a part of you know a part of the fellowship and a part of just the big book and it's meaning to me um, and I think I'll leave it there. Um, actually, it was just the other word is that I've written down on my little notepad here is inspiration. Um, so inform, I was inform. It's a physical thing. It's a information. It's a fact. It's a, you know the ins and outs. Inspiration, you know, in spirit, and that's what this provides me is inspiration of being in my spirit and being in, infused, um, as someone else shared, and that's you know God within um, to to really work this program. And I will leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Claire E. And Teresa P., you're up, followed by Beth W. <clears throat> Excuse me, coffee. Hi, I'm Teresa P., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And um, just, it's amazing how much power there can be in just this one little phrase, you know, and it's that, um, I, I just love it, that uh, comfort and information uh, because I was so destroyed by this disease and so powerless and and uh, for years, 45 years, just struggling and trying and praying to God and and losing and just ending up finally the walking dead and, you know, just <clears throat> hating myself and, and other people and, and then not wanting to, but it's just so terrible. And, uh, and then... I got to Overeaters Anonymous, and I learned that I had a disease, and and that was wonderful and such a comfort. And but the the the, uh, the greatest comfort was really getting into the book book. And you know, I just I've only been in vision for uh, a little over three years, but I always got comfort from the big book because 
It told me the truth. And the disease has always lied to me. And But the truth is in the big book. It tells me my disease, what I have, and it tells me the solution, what I can do. And this is, and then it tells me how to do it. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. You know, I don't have to figure anything out. I just go back to the book and read it. There it is. And it is a joy to share it with others and to hear other people talk about it because it just, it makes it more alive and more real in my life, you know, and just like I get the basic information from the book and then I hear other people talk how they use it in, in actual experiences and that helps me because I need that. Uh, I've been going through a, a challenging time with my husband. He got uh, was in a lot of pain in the emergency room, and and you know, and I I got to like uh, you know, and, and it was hard, and and I was you know irritable, and I I was doing ten steps on that. Let me tell you, and it helped because that's the information I got. And what it got to do is when he was really frightened and scared in the hospital. I just got to tell him that I loved him and I was on his side and, you know, and it helped. And, you know, I didn't have those words. I didn't have to think of those words. They came from God. And why could I do that? Because I have a connection now. I can can get to, I can contact God and be with God. He tells me what I need to do. and, And I get that, you know, comfort that I can share with others, and the only way I get to keep that is by keep coming back and keep uh, coming and reading the big book and working the program and you know, you know, and this is just a wonderful way of life. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Teresa P. <coughs> and Beth W. You're up. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W., a recovering compulsive overeater from North Dakota. And, um, you know, I'm glad to be on this meeting today. It's um, been hard for me to show up and listen and listen with open ears. Um, And so I have written in my book next to this sentence, these two sentences, these are the directions on the medicine bottle. And um, when I... When I started listening this morning, I I thought this volume will inform and the word that popped into my head was condemn. I didn't feel comfort. Um, I felt condemned, um, which is maybe um, an okay thing for a while. Um, I used to feel a lot of comfort reading this book. My book is falling apart. um, I've used it. um, It's it's written in. It's... um, but for somewhere along the line, the food got back in the way and my fears got in the way. And uh, I stopped hearing uh, messages of hope. I started hearing messages of condemnation. Um, and that's all in my own head. That's not anything anybody said to me. Um, it's, the, it's my disease telling me I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough for this, that I, I um and and uh, if I just follow the directions on the medicine bottle, which are the instructions in this book, um, especially those in the doctor's opinion for me right now, 
um, and believe the information and listen to the information, then I will move from condemnation to comfort again. Um, so if anybody else is out there and, and suffering, uh, I hope this is a message of hope. Um, it doesn't sound like it maybe to me or, or maybe to your ears right now, but um, there is hope and there is a way out. Um, I've been there and I hope to get back there. Thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Beth W. Um, and before I take another list of names, we are in the chapter, there is a solution on page 18. We have read and are commenting on the second full paragraph, we hope this volume. So who else would like to share? I Larry Vanna G. P. I Judy heard K. Larry. Vanna P. Did you Vanna get Vanna Vanna E? Okay, so too much. <laughs> no, so, let me go back. Oh, let me tell you what I have. I, I heard Larry and Judy and somebody I, P. Irene. Deanna. Okay, Irene. Was it Deanna P? Yes. Okay. Vinny um, P. Everybody will have to. Vinny. Um, anybody? Y'all have to give me your initial. Somebody after Vinny. Nadia E. Nadia. Barbara okay. E. Like, oh, Barbara E. Okay, I'm going to stop with Barbara E. And if you'll, you all um, will remind me of the first initial of your last name when you share. I have Larry, Judy, Deanna P, Irene B, I believe it is, Vinny T, Nadia E, and Barbara E. So, Larry, please start. Uh, good morning. Thank you for service. My name is Larry G, and I'm from Northern California. Uh, you ladies are on fire, man. There has been some good shares. Um, that's what I love about vision is that um, you just hear one share after a share with weight and depth. You really get uh, on this call how serious people are about recovery and how par- powerless we are over this addiction. Um, I've been in OA for 26 years, and you know, I'll hear one person, maybe two people at a, at a meeting sharing um, about the peril and the solution. But on this call, I've been on this call since May 17th of this year. I haven't missed a call, and every single person really talks about the addiction and the solution. So the three words, inform, comfort, and affected. Um, well, inform means that I become educated about illness and the solution. And form is just the beginning. I have to practice this like my hair is on fire. And I do. I do practice it. And this has been the first time in the last 20 years that I have, I am entirely abstinent today. And the obsession has been removed. And I'm changing. My whole outlook about food has changed. It's like number four or five on the list. And so inform is just the beginning. We have to put these principles into practice else we'll die. Uh, comfort, I have spent a lifetime trying to comfort myself. Uh, and we'll learn later in the fear inventory that self-confidence has failed us, self-reliance has failed us. I get comforted by you. I get comforted by this book. I get comforted by the steps. I get comforted by most of all by God. 
Um, and one thing, the, one of the greatest benefits I've received from visions is I go to higher power. I'm asking higher power how to dress this morning. I'm asking higher power uh, on everything as my guide and, and director. And finally affected, yes, for the first time in 20 years, I am no longer seeing myself as a problem food drunk where I can stop if given sufficient reason. Uh, there's a woman from Oregon that says um, she knew a binge was coming and she couldn't stop it. My ability to white knuckle it has been dismantled. Uh, and so, yes, I'm affected. I accept that today, and there is a solution for me, and it's contained in the pages of this big book. And I hope those of you who are brand new in this call, if I can do it, you can do it too. Thank you so much. I'm out. Thank you, Larry G. And Judy, you're up if you'll remind me of the first initial of your last name. Did I hear Judy? Sorry, I had difficulty unmuting. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Judy Kay in Cary, North Carolina, recovered by the grace of God. Um, and thanks for allowing me to share. Uh, so this book will help so many people. Uh, how many people? When you think about it, those who are or may be affected, um, there are many. So listening to an interview yesterday um, on mental health conditions, um, it became clear to me that we have a mental health condition. Uh, this is an illness. It is a physical illness. It's a mental illness. And it is a spiritual illness. And this book gives us the prescription for, for recovery. Um, the book will help many. So on this interview, we hear that there isn't a person on the planet who isn't affected by mental health issues. Either, either we've got it ourselves or somebody we love has some kind of a mental health issue. And for me, addiction is a mental health issue and it's a spiritual issue. And for me, because I have the uh, craving, the cravings that come after um, the introduction of my alcoholic foods, that's the physical piece of it. Um, no place else have I ever found relief from this. Only by following the 12 steps as outlined in this book, doing it with a recovered sponsor, and then helping others because that's the 12th step and that's what we're here for. God put us on this earth to be of service to him and to others. We find meaning, we find purpose. There's a spiritual aspect of it. And um, I just, I needed to chime in because of the idea that there are many. <laughs> there are many. It's like everybody, everyone I know. Okay. So with that, I'll pass, and I want to say thank you to everyone for this meeting, which has saved my life every day for the last almost two years. Thank you.
Thank you, Judy Kay. And Deanna P., you're up, followed by Irene B. Good morning, visionaries. This is Deanna P., the East Coast Deanna P., Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I hope everyone is having a beautiful day. Um, I'm newly recovered and have been listening to Vision for maybe a year and a half. And I never knew that powerlessness would comfort me. <laughs> this is a huge paradox. I was like, I just, I think, I think to myself, powerlessness comforts me each day. Waking up in step one each day comforts me. Um, but for so many years, um, as someone earlier said, and so many of us know, food was a temporary comfort. And yes, yeah, sometimes it was three seconds for me. But um, my feelings informed my choices and decisions, um, which led me to find comfort, temporary comfort in food. And um, I was informed about a what I thought was a lot of things for many years, many things to try um, again and again and again. Information was my higher power. Um, and I remember going to the doctor and the doctor informing me that I needed to lose weight. And I found no comfort in someone else telling me I needed to lose weight when I knew I was failing at it. That didn't comfort me. Um, but this book has comforted me because no doctor ever told me, Deanna, you have an illness from which you will never recover unless you follow 12 steps. No doctor ever told me that. And so when I came into these rooms and I, I heard that there was actually a condition, something that I could recover from, I found hope in that at last. And as someone else alluded to, there are only a few of us, I feel like. There's so many that are out there struggling and suffering, unnecessarily so. And it is now my turn um, to pay it forward and to make sure that I don't just carry the message, that, but that I, my life bears the imprint of the message every day, that I don't just say the steps. I live the steps and I'm in the steps and um, yeah. And with that, I'll pass. You guys have a great day. Thank you, Deanna P. And Irene B., you're up, followed by Vinny P. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., a gratefully recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I just feel so overwhelmed and compelled to share this morning because everything that I've heard um, has um, really touched my heart. And um, and what I really wanted to say is that for me, until I came to the 12-step program, there was no relief, and I believed that my illness was a a mental illness, and somebody suggested that it was spiritual warfare, and I was just so angry because uh, how misinformed she was to be telling me this, and how dare she 
tell me something that the professionals, how dare she contradict the professionals? But my experience has been that until I connected to my higher power, I was doomed. There was no hope for me. 40, I mean, let's see, compulsive overeater since age six, bulimic at age 18. God relieved me of bulimia 40 years later, and I stopped binging and purging at age 58 after 40 years of wandering in the desert like. And it was a miracle of God because I really had tried everything. But until I came to these rooms and I heard about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, there was no hope for me. But if I stop right there, that's not enough. You know, that's the problem. You know, where's the solution? Well, the solution for me is my connection to my daddy God, to the spirit of the universe, to my loving parent, because in my prehistoric brain lives a very critical, condemning, judgmental, always comparing, always coming short being that I don't have access to, but God does. God has access to that critical parent. And with his help, slowly but surely, I'm beginning to overcome the torture that comes from always being so critical and condemning of myself. There's such self-hatred and self-loathing doesn't begin to cover it. But my sponsor... Reminder. Okay, I'll just say this. This is important. My sponsor told me not to look at myself through my eyes or, or the world's eyes, but to look at myself through God's eyes. And that's what this program does for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. And Vinny T., you're up, followed by Nadia E. Uh, this is Vinny T., compulsive word nerd in North Carolina, recovering. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this, you know, literally, um, this volume. Um, this volume is composed of words, and, and words have different meanings to different people, different understandings. And, you know, I just, you know, reading reading this volume with the many, um, word by word, multiplies my understanding by some X factor, um, you know, <laughs> however many of us there are on these meetings and all the meetings that I go to these days. But reading this, this volume, it, it increases my relationship with, with all of you, all the other people, um, and it increases my relationship to my higher power every day. Um, and what a joy, you know, listening to this exchange of words in this volume that, honestly, I did not take seriously at all when I first came into the rooms, you know. It was, you know, we we hear that, that this is a, a textbook, an instruction manual. Well, yeah, I kind of looked at it that way, that big tome sitting on the, the desk in the middle of the meeting. Um, it didn't take on real meaning for me until... I shared it with other people. 
uh, other other people just like myself who are suffering and recovering. So, yes, what a joy. And thank you all for sharing this reading with me. I pass. Thank you, Vinny T. And Nadia E., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, family. It's Nadia E. from Toronto. And I, um, yeah, I love the word comfort because it's, it, it truly is comforting. Um, so I woke up this morning. I was feeling overwhelmed. I didn't sleep very well. Um, well, I, I'm insomniac, so but last night was just like nonstop tossing and turning. Anyway, um, so I get up and I'm just overwhelmed with all the things that I need to do that Nadia thinks need to be done today. Um, and then I remembered, I did my, my meditation and then I remembered, oh, thank you, God, there's a vision for you at seven o'clock. And I get to listen and, um, and, and that's where I take comfort. It's just in all the sharing and all the experience, strength, and hope shared by people all over the world. And I'm not alone. I am not alone today. Um, and I am in, I'm recovered today by the grace of God. And, that, and that's what I take comfort in. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think of me as long as my nose is clean as long as I do the stuff that I need to do and I have a spiritual connection, I will be fine. And it's, it truly is in God's eyes. That's what matters. That's where my, my, my value comes from. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, I love my husband. I love my, my friends, um, you know, but it, it's, it's, not, it's not what makes me me. And it's not what makes me feel good about myself. What makes me feel good about myself today is that I'm recovered, that I'm capable, that I am here to be of service. And even if I don't feel like being of service, um, you know, I just, I do, I, I suit up, I show up, and I shut up. And I just ask my higher power for the next right thing. And then, you know, like, I, I'm going to visit my mother today, and she's in a retirement home, and I am... Um, an essential care person. So I go in there and, you know, I, I don't feel like being there. Um, she doesn't really say much and I have to do all the talking. It, it, it's just like the, the smile on her face. And then she tells me that she's so happy to see me and how much she loves me. And, and then it, it's worth it. It truly is. So thank you, thank you, all of you all over the world for being there, for showing up and and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. That comforts me, too. Okay, with that, I pass. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Nadia E. And Barbara E., please go ahead. I'm sorry, did you say Barbara E.? I did. Okay, thank you. There is no security for me on this earth. There are only opportunities. It's not about negotiations in life. There are no guarantees. I know I will be a compulsive overeater today and tomorrow and always. I had to learn that this program is not just about information, 
a transformation. Delusion, delusionment comes when illusions are shattered and there's nothing better with which to replace them. The illusions I have as a compulsive overeater are at the root of my illness. Among them was the belief that I could get through my day only with the aid of excess food. When that illusion and many others were smashed, I began to feel hope that I could recover, which gave me the will and the energy to examine ideas that drove me to use food as a painkiller. When exposed to the bright light of reality, these ideas vanished to dust and cleared away the way for me to be true, to truly listen. There is so much to hope for in this, in this program. But Gus, my higher power, is not in my arms or my legs. It is up to me to do the footwork. The first two steps required reflection and contemplation. The rest call for direct action. Of course, I do not work a, per, a perfect program. There are times when I feel rebellious or that I got it. I can handle it on my own. No, I was wrong. That was my disease talking. More action was needed. And I always need to pray to be willing to put my stubbornness, my selfishness in my higher, power power, higher power's hands. Before OA, I had to be perfect or I was a failure. Before I could truly like myself, I had to accept that I was not perfect, but that higher power had infinite and unconditional love for me and gives me everything I need, including the willingness to take action. All I have to do is ask. My higher power, Gus, does for me what I cannot do for myself, not what I could do on my own. I wouldn't go to a doctor and when he says, I'm afraid you've got cancer. I wouldn't say, Doc, thanks for the information. I'll take it from here. I know just Gentle what to reminder. do. Thank you. I'll just finish. That's my disease talking. I have to be transformed into a person who truly cares and derives joy from helping others, to be firm but honest and kind, to be a better person. Thank you so much for all the work you do for this program. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And it looks like we probably have time for two, two and a half minute shares, if anyone would like to share. Marina. Um, South Carolina. Okay. Somebody from South Carolina. I think it was Rowena. Tamara. Yes. Uh, Oops, sorry. And who was the other one? Tamara and Sophia J. Somebody from South Carolina. Okay. Tamara and Sophia J. Looks like you have two minutes apiece. Tamara, please uh, go ahead. Rowena? Hello, sorry, Rowena? Oh, so Rowena, you were before Sophia, so I better go with Tamara and Rowena. Tamara? Maybe I got that Good wrong. morning, it's Tamara C. Am I? Yep, go ahead. Is it my turn? 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Good morning. Tamara C. in South Carolina, compulsive eater and restrictor. I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth, but I feel very inspired uh, to share this morning. Um, so the word comfort, I think for me, has been um, a big reason why I feel like sharing this morning. <laughs> um, so my higher power is love. And uh, I guess what's coming up for me is the authenticity on this meeting this morning. Um, and for me, um, love doesn't always mean comfort. Um, sometimes love is uh, brings something a little bit uncomfortable um, and painful. Um, so it doesn't always feel good, but I know in my heart of hearts that it is, um, that it's only brought to bring me um, some type of growth. Uh, higher understanding, um, compassion for others. Often um, experiencing my own discomfort is uh, my uh, means, I suppose, to gaining compassion for others. And um, all the sharing on the line this morning has been so authentic. And um, I think that's why I get so much comfort from this meeting. You know, I've been coming for also about a year and a half, two years, and, uh, you know, have been kind of, sometimes I show up as a miss know it all <laughs> and I hear myself and I'm corrected later by other people's shares, and sometimes I show up very vulnerable and, you know, it doesn't seem to matter how we show up. Uh, I know that everybody is always there, um, and it's been a big anchor for me. Um, just like the food, the food has been in my life, you know. I've used it uh, to anchor myself, and I've also uh, used it to pick up the anchor and fly around. Um, so I'm just grateful for all of you uh, being there and sharing your hearts so openly. And uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tamara. And um, Sophia J., I hope you'll stay around and share on the second hour. Uh, Rowena, you'll be our last share today. You have two minutes. Hi, my name is Rowena Kay uh, from the United Kingdom. Thank you so much for hearing me. Um, yeah, so we hope this volume will inform. And I guess um, the thing that I was informed about the most was my allergy to, to sugar you know, my physical allergy and my mental obsession with food, because without those, I, you know, I'm clueless. And, you know, they're both equally important to me, you know, the physical obsession, because physical obsession with food, you know, can actually come about um, if I change my meal time. You know, if I make my meal plan, my meal earlier than, you know, if it's meant to be four and I say, well, I'm eating at three, um, just because I feel like it, because that triggers my um, the physical obsession and then the mental obsession, and it, it, it's sort of it's a, it's almost like a vicious circle, um, and, and sometimes I can't work out which came first. Um, and then the other the other thing that was really big news to me was um, my defects, you know, and how I had a part to play in in everything. I mean, that was just new information to me because I always thought I was a victim I always thought the world had you know done me wrong um but th this book has shown me um you know that that I have a part to play in everything 
Um, and it's not just the book. Um, it's the meetings. It's my sponsor. One of the things my sponsor, you know, which I find, which I really get a, um, a lot of comfort from is when she says things like thinking about food is not the same as eating food, you know. And then often I will just, um, I'll stop thinking about it even as soon as I've kind of, you know, blown up that sort of, um, that fear, you know, and that's, yeah, then I um, I can kind of relax because it just goes away. Um, and, and yeah, I have been so affected by, by this and I couldn't see the people around me were affected as well. I mean, um, I think nowadays what I can see is the people around me. Um, uh, I have a better relationship with, with some of the people around me. It doesn't always work, mm-hmm. but, um, thank you. It certainly has improved. Thank you so much for letting me share and I'll pass. Thank you, Rowena and Kay, and thank you everyone um, who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning, today, Wednesday, November the 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 15,810. That's 15810. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Crystal P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Crystal P., compulsive reader in Toronto. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.